0: Pushkin. Legacy of Speed is executive produced by Tracksmith and presented by Puma. Headspace Studios. Hello there, this is Malcolm Gladwell. Welcome to Radio Headspace into Monday Morning. I'll be guest hosting Radio Headspace this week, and I'm so happy to be here. If you don't know, I'm an author, journalist, and podcast host. And over the years, I've written a lot about how to become great at the things you love. So this week, we're going to talk about performance. I'll be sharing some personal experiences that led me to where I am and the lessons I learned along the way about how to reach your goals. But first, we're going to start off today's episode by taking a look at the late Bud Winter one of the people featured in my new podcast, Legacy of Speed, a show about the athletes of the Speed City track and field program and their legacy of sports activism. Winter was one of the greatest track and field coaches of all time. He broke the mold of traditional training techniques for sprinters by introducing revolutionary relaxation techniques. Today, I'll dive into some of those techniques and show you how they can help improve your fitness routine work performance, and stress levels. I think if you made a list of the greatest coaches of the 20th century, Bud Winter would be in the top five. He was a coach at San Jose State who spent the war years working on a project to try and improve fighter pilot performance. What he learned was that an enormous number of fighter pilots in the Second World War were kind of crashing and burning, we were having breakdowns, because they couldn't handle the stress of flying. And he was part of a group that said that peak performance comes through relaxation, not through obvious effort. Readying ourselves and gritting our teeth and tensing our muscles and all those things that we do naturally, faced with a big challenge, actually undermines our ability to meet that challenge. The people who were assembled by the Air Force during the Second World War to try and fix the problem of these fighter pilots who were having breakdowns, were people who had thought deeply about this. There was a a number of very well-known kind of practitioners of mindfulness and kind of meditative therapy. Bud Winter was not someone formally trained in this area. He stumbles upon it. At the end of the war, he's like, wait a minute, this would apply perfectly to coaching athletes. There are so many examples of winter's magic. One of the biggest examples is the work he did with a runner named Lee Evans. And Lee Evans was one of his prized runners and was the favorite for the 400 meters going into the Mexico City Games. And as you may recall, the Mexico City Olympics were engulfed in controversy. And Lee Evans gets swept up in that. And a few hours before the final in the 400 meters, he's at this press conference and people are just screaming at him and he gets overwhelmed and he turns to Bud Winter and says I'm not going to run, he's a wreck and Winter says to him, you know, the condition you're in now, you couldn't run to the corner store for a thing of milk Winter whisks him away from this crazy scene at the hotel and puts him through what we would recognize now as essentially a meditative routine but you have to remember, this is 68 this is '50 years ago. This is not what athletes did, but he walked him through this process to the point where Lee Evans finally falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he's sort of refreshed and renewed and goes to the track and not only wins, but sets a world record. The orthodoxy around high performance, particularly in those years, but I think still to some extent today, you know, is that We believe that those who are aiming for peak performance need to push themselves. And when we use that phrase, push themselves, what we mean is to exert themselves, you know, to go into the red, to use maximum effort. If that's your mindset, then you're going in the opposite direction of relaxation and control over your emotions. What Winter understood, and which was the The way towards maximum performance is not to behave as if you are trying to maximize your performance. In other words, the runner who is running their absolute fastest will not look like they are running their fastest. So I realized that I had kind of stumbled onto some of these truths on my own over the years. My dad was a a mathematician. A man of great calm and self possession. And I would try and do math problems as a kid, get very frustrated. And he would come and sit next to me. And the first thing he would do is to tell me to take a deep breath. The second thing he'd do is he would take my whatever piece of paper I was working on that was covered in scribbles and he would throw it out and give me a clean sheet of paper. He would sharpen my pencil. He would tell me to slow down. And then he would very calmly and quietly walk me through the problem as if it was the easiest thing in the world. Now, that's math. That's not physical performance. But it's the same idea that if I was to reach maximum cognitive performance, I needed to be within myself. I couldn't be all over the place and fretting and, you know, panting with exertion about about the problem ahead of me. I think I would say to people who have difficulty getting into that um, place where relaxation and exertion belong together is that they need patience. When I think about running, if I go out and run eight miles, the first mile is not calm and relaxed and peaceful. It can be a little bit of a struggle. And I can entertain during that first mile all kinds of thoughts about whether I want to be running or do I have the energy for this or wouldn't I rather be at home in bed but then over time then this kind of wave of peacefulness descends and it all starts to make sense but it only makes sense if I'm willing to stick with it past that and get over that threshold that's it for me today tomorrow is all about the benefits of being a late bloomer and why achieving your goals later in life is just as valuable as precocity until then Take care.